welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and in today's episode, I interview Eva Gallant, CEO and founder of Hashiona, the first app for monitoring Hashimoto's disease. Hashimoto's is an autoimmune disease that affects the thyroid. This is an example of a disease that disproportionately affects women, because as we know at Femtech Focus, um, Femtech is not just about things that only affect women like menstruation or menopause, but also things that differently or disproportionately. And autoimmune diseases disproportionately affect women. In fact, 90% of Hashimoto's patients are women. Our guest today is one of those afflicted. And in this episode, we break down what Hashimoto's is and how it affects ladies. Hey, Eva, welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Hi, thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. You look lovely. Did you, is that how you go to work every day, your startup? <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I put some makeup just for you oh my god <laughs> for the podcast today. i usually don't wear makeup, makeup at all um but yeah yeah sometimes like because we have a lot of calls right now so yeah yeah I, well i feel to, underdressed i feel underdressed i'm wearing a shirt that has like but, a hole in it <laughs> don't you look awesome i also have a days when i just you know just just wear the rope and if i don't have a call it's not necessary. It's yeah. the class of, you know, being in a pandemic. That's right. That's right. Actually, we uh, our marketing person just today said when you do like um, like Instagram live or stories that during the pandemic, polished is privileged. So like if you're always looking so good right now, like during the pandemic, people are like, how privileged are you? Like I'm wearing my sweatpants for the third day in a row, <laughs> you know? So we're yeah, just real that's, ladies that's here. That's true, and it's so comfortable. Yep. Sometimes just, you know, just be like, if I don't have calls, then definitely there are also <laughs> my days like that. Well, Eva, um, our listeners love to know about our, you know, guest. Um, we, we know we're going to talk about femtech, but most people don't say in high school they want to do femtech, right? We somehow ended up here. So tell us where you're from, what did you study, what did you do, and then how did you end up here? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Eva Gallant. I'm originally Polish. Uh, I moved to the UK to London six years ago. And since that, basically, I call London my home. But I also did um, a couple of different projects around the world. There was some project I had in Chicago, in Berlin, in Tel Aviv, obviously in Warsaw, and also recently for my um, last employer as well in Western Australia, which is probably like the farthest that I went. Um, my background is in software engineering and investment management. So first I did my bachelor um, from the investment management, uh, from the um, software engineering from the IT department, and then I also did the postgraduate studies in London from the investment management. And then 
basically uh, connected to the um, startup ecosystem and technology world since very beginning, so over 10 years right now. And yeah, and then I'm a second or third time founder as well, I guess. Wow, amazing. So are you like, when you say software engineer, are you a coder? Do you code? Yeah, um, so I have, all, from the um, academic background, I have all predisposition to code, but I never went this way. It was never like really so fascinating for me mm-hmm. because I love to work as well on the age of it with technology, but also with people. With people, yeah. So I never yeah. want to be, like I never, yeah, I never attempt to be a coder. I, I tried learning or, how to code remember. during my doctorate and I've never felt sadder in my life because I felt so <laughs> alone. <laughs> And I would spend, you know, six hours trying to figure out that the, that the, you know, slash I used was just the wrong direction. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't, I've never been sadder, yeah. more lonely. And I said, coding is not for don't, me next. <laughs> don't feel uh, alone. Like a lot of people like, res- like dropping programming due to debugging. So looking for those like missing yes. stuff. Like for me, I really love. Um, programming I really find it fascinating and challenging but on the daily basis I couldn't imagine myself like doing this kind of job for eight hours per day it's just like like for you no it's not for me no not for me so you said that you're currently on your second startup what was your first one yeah so I started actually um very early when I was in second grade of my university I got a job and and one of the like the, the startup and then after that because the corporation was pretty good, they offered me some equity, and uh, I said to be basically a co-founder, like having around ten percent the time of, of the shares, and yeah, and we get into first like um, Polish startup accelerator at that time it was ten years ago, so a lot of times ago, and we created the mobile apps to increase the sales conversion um, in, in in the real world. So that was that, and then I also had a fashion tech startup. That was already in London, and it's actually um, I shut down the last startup due to the fact that I get um, sick with Hashimoto, um, which brings me to my first startup, and I hope this first startup will be the most successful. Wow! Yeah, so Hashimoto's is what caused you to leave your last startup and to start the new one, right? Wow. Um, well. It was it was a couple of years between that. So basically, I was um, diagnosed six years ago, uh, first time on, on on the Hashimoto, and that was the time when I basically did like a little bit career break. So I uh, was working as a contractor as well, and I had all my my own startup. Um, I shut down everything, and I spent like a six eight months basically fixing my health and educate myself about autoimmune disease, um, and how to get into a remission in terms of Hashimoto. And then once I did it, I was very lucky. Um, I came back working as a contractor, independent contractor for software houses and uh, seed startups, travel around the world for the last three years. And and January this year, I decided to drop my full-time job um, for, for WeWork um, and and start Hashiana. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, we're going to talk a lot today about the biology of autoimmune and Hashimoto's and how it like disproportionately affects women. But uh, I do want to let our listeners know you're making that's what you're making an app called uh, Hashiona, right? Hashiona. And we'll. Yeah, uh, and so what is this? What does this app do? And um, did you have any apps when you were, you know, really sick that you could use? 
Yeah, so first of all, we have to define like what's the Hashimoto and what's the hypothyroid, I think, because many people have never heard about that. And uh, and then I will explain maybe what we are doing in this app. Perfect. Mm, in generally, for people who never ever have heard about Hashimoto and hypothyroid, I compare this um, this situation to having the worst hangover in your life. Like, if you what? really imagine, like, recall the worst hangover you ever had in your life, you feel how people with under-regulated hormone situation feels like. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. Um, and then, which is, which is really bad, the diagnostics takes a long time. In my case, it was up to eight years. Eight so imagine years. having a hangover for eight years and it's been really bad. Oh. Yes. Oh my and gosh. That's not, a, no, that's not everything. So basically, <laughs> your life then is like a hell. You may have up to 45 different symptoms, both psychological and um, physical. Uh, the most common symptoms are basically gaining a weight, uh, sleeping problem, and like both um, getting asleep and sleeping for a long time, even up to 12, 13 hours per night. And a constant tiredness when you have completely lack of the energy, vital energy to live and do things. Like even a daily kind of routine activities are like so big deal uh, for you that time. And yeah, and then a couple of uh, smaller things like dry skin, losing your hair, so very, having a very thin hair, um, brittleness and stuff like that. Mm, but coming back, what's Hashimoto and what's hypothyroid? So... Hashimoto is autoimmune disease. When you have autoimmune disease, it means that your natural defense um, in your body is basically working, not working properly. What does that mean? They don't differ your cell in terms of your body and, uh, and they start to attack your organs. In that case, they attack your thyroid. And Hashimoto is basically responsible for over 85% of hypothyroidist diseases. And when you have hypothyroid, it's basically underperforming thyroid, which does not produce enough hormones. So you have to supplement it. Got That's it. a pretty short description. Yeah. So, but... if, so if I was going to summarize that, it's essentially your your immune system is thinks your thyroids are dangerous some for some bad reason. They think, oh my God, what are these things that are attacking it? And hypo in, in you know medical terms means low. Hyper is means high, like hypertension, right? But yeah. um, or hyperactivity. But hypo means very low. And so you're saying hypo, that yep. when the thyroids are attacked, they have very low activity, and therefore they're not putting yeah. out a lot of hormones. And then that that's where all these symptoms are coming from. That's the summary exactly. that I got. We we should think about our thyroid, which is a small organ on our necks. Um, uh, we should think is about as an engine of our body. If the engine slowed down, it's just like in the car, everything oh, slowed down. You yeah. slow down, your metabolism slow down, and everything is basically underperforming. Wow. Uh, that's why it's caused like a lot of problems and there's so many different kind of symptoms. Mm -hmm. And because it's autoimmune disease, we should think about that as a as a disease of the whole body. Because you don't know if tomorrow your body will not start to attack your liver or your gut or you know something else can that happen um, so like once you have an autoimmune disease where it's attacking one organ your immune system can start attacking something else yeah in I fact science that. says that uh, if, if a person have hyper uh, sorry uh, autoimmune disease 
your chances to inc uh, to the chances for your body to develop a second and a third disease are higher between 25 to 50 percent oh my to the gosh yeah because your body's already saying something that's in your body is yeah. bad and so for your you know immune system to all of a sudden think your pancreas is bad or whatever it's not it's not that far off whoa i did no, not know not, that I'm, yeah, I'm never thinking the body is connected, especially in terms of the hormones. So yes. that's why if someone has Hashimoto, different, come back. <laughs> that's why so many people um, having those diseases together. So not only Hashimoto and um, uh, thyroid disorder, but also other things like, for example, insulin resistance yeah. or um pcos as well is very common going together wow. um, and many many others and also there are also diseases are not related to autoimmune like anemia which is very common as well for people with thyroid disorders wow. there's a Crohn disease as well there's a plenty of them really oh well so was this really in practice mean like if you have one of those you have to control your whole body and really take care about your body's overall health. So take care about your gut, your liver, your adrenal glands, your pituitary, your immune system, digestion system, like literally everything. Oh my gosh, because hormones are signals to your body to tell it to do something. And if the thing that makes hormones is, you know, disabled because it's being attacked, everything is affected. Um, what kind yeah. of hormones, I mean, is it literally every hormone in our body, like estrogen, serotonin, or literally every hormone coming out of your thyroid? No. So every hormones are co correlated together. Um, but in generally, in terms of your thyroid, when you do um, diagnostic, for example, from a blood test, we check as a first three hormones is TSH, T3, and T4. Oh. TSH, in fact, is a hormone of our pituitary, but strongly related and affect the hormones of produced by thyroid as well. Okay. So that's why we check those three. And then that's for um, thyroid disorder. Now, if you want to check as well uh, Hashimoto, you have to do a uh, deeper diagnostic. So you have to check if you have already antibodies. So it's uh, anti-TPO and anti-TG and as well it's really recommended to do um ultra scan of your thyroid ultra because scan. the doctor must see if the thyroid has for example any glands if it's already like in my case it's very small so you can say it's disappearing over time oh my which God. is scary but um but yeah and in some cases like if uh you have any pathology of your thyroid and the doctors may decide to remove it completely. And then you live only on the small pills and you don't have a thyroid. Whoa. So I know. Those pills you know, look like that. Whoa, my goodness. So, you know, our listeners, they can't see how you're talking and you're pointing to your throat. So I just want to kind of describe it. Uh, yeah. Where, so your thyroid is in your throat and is it two thyroids? Is it kind of like kidneys? Like do you have two of them or is it just one? No, it's just one thyroid. Oh, yeah. just one thyroid. On okay, and you're and it's yeah. in the front of the throat. Yeah, it is on the on the, somewhere here. It's in the shape of the butterfly. So sometimes Hashimoto's oh. women are just yeah related and talking about ourselves as a butterfly. It's because yeah, it's actually a lot of related things. Like butterfly hey. are also very like, gentle, delicate, and um, people with Hashimoto as well. 
And um, sorry, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of yeah. questions about this. I, I love learning about this stuff. Um, but so the solution is essentially, you know, you held up your bottle of pills there. So the solution is supplementing hormones into your body. Yeah, so this is a basic thing. Um, so you have to take the medication that are prescribed by your doctors. Uh, usually it's a synthetic levothyroxine, but there are other options which may be even better for you. I'll come back to this uh, in a second. And then basically, like, this is the, the, the background that you have to do. Now, to get into remission, something we call the remission. So Because you have to know that um, this kind of disease is not curable. Mm. So you can only get into a remission. Remission is like a golden grail for, yeah. for Hashimoto women. When you have a remission, you don't like you, you make the disease going asleep, let's say. Yeah, so yeah. you get rid of the symptoms and you don't have the antibodies active in, yeah. in your body. So to get into remission, the couple of things have to happen. So you have to take care about your diet, your physical activities. Um, reduce your stress, especially if you live in a permanent under the permanent stress, and you have to take care about your good sleep. Like good sleep, I mean, like eight, even nine hours uh -huh. in Hashimoto cases, and it has to be at the night. It's very important because I say it's very important because I used to have a habit of working at night as a contractor. Mm -hmm. I love it. Nobody yeah. disturbed me then, but it's not really healthy. And then you also have to supplement uh, all of the vitamins and micro, macro, minerals that uh, your body may, may need. But obviously, you have to first uh, do some blood tests and identify what's, what's missing. Oh, uh, just a hint. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff. A hint. Uh, average Hashimoto person is taking even up to 12 different supplements per day. Wow. And why does it take so long to diagnose Hashimoto's? Yeah, so because, <clears throat> sorry, uh, because the symptoms are so common. So when I was first time experiencing, or I noticed actually that I experienced some weird symptoms, like I'm tired all the time, I'm, I'm, I was actually exhausted. Um, I started to go to the GP and they asked me, like, okay, what you do? I was 19 or, or 17 at that time. I was probably in a university kind of uh, age. And they told me, so, so I tell them, look, I just um, study and also I work after hours uh, to support my finance. And they were, okay, so what do you expect? You work 10, 12 hours per day. You have to have, your body has to have a right to, to be tired. Yeah. So just uh, take some vitamins and get a vacation. Um, oh my god, know, like, that is so typical femtech. Like women go to the doctor and they're like, "I have pain," and they're like, "Oh, sweetie, like you're allowed, you're supposed to be in pain, you know, like or well, what do you expect?" <laughs> type of stuff. Wow, wow, I, I hate that. that, that but yes, <laughs> yeah, that's ha this is so common. It's so common, many times, and uh, even more. Like one of the symptoms of um, having a hypothyroid is a depression and a low, very low mood. And many, many women where I met during my disease journey, where I have been treated for the depression uh, for a long time before someone realized it's not depression, it's, a, um, it's underactive thyroid. And when they supplement the hormones and start to feel better, it's true now that they never had the depression. Yes, oh That's, my gosh. That's horrible. I mean, that's awful. So much awful. Can you imagine that like 
getting like completely not necessary treatment for many years and then you figure out it's not this disease that you fall you have yes oh my gosh I mean, there's so many examples of that, you know, um, you know, I haven't really been too open yet on the show, but I'll, I'll share it now. Like I'm actually in recovery for drugs and alcohol and I have five years sober. And at one yeah. point I, you know, was so depressed and cause that's what drugs and alcohol will do to you. <laughs> you know, you're like depressed, course, you're manic, you're yes, all the things. And, you're lonely, and yeah. I can remember going to the general practitioner and I just told them like, I feel horrible. I'm so sad. And I didn't mention drugs, but I just said like, I feel pretty good for two days and then I feel really bad for two days. And what that was, was because I was on drugs and alcohol and I was going through like hangover up, hangover, right? But they were, they yeah. said, oh, you're bipolar. Here's some pills because you're bipolar, right? So I'm taking yes. bipolar medicine and drinking and I'm like, why isn't this working? <laughs> you know? And I look back oh at that my. and I'm like, wow, that's the consequence of having a three minute appointment, right? Like they can't ask all the right questions, so... Exactly. Yeah. Three minutes appointment, no test, nothing. Just yeah. take this pill. So that's very common in uh, in thyroid disorder as well. So once you get the luck to get diagnosed after those eight years or wow. how many it takes in your case, very often you just go to the doctor and they say, "Hey, sweetie, you have um, lifelong disease. We don't know a cure for it. I'm so sorry for you. Just sell your pills. You take one pill per day before your breakfast." And then please come back in six months for the revision of your dose. Wow. That, yeah, I'm so sorry about your experience, but that's exactly yep. the same. Yeah, um, yeah. And relating to this, I was thinking I might have a bipolar when I was a teen. And today I know it was also those. The hormone fluctuation. Of, wow. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's exactly. insane. Um, okay. So I do, I do want to like honor the podcast. Why the heck are we talking about Hashimoto's and autoimmune disease on the Femtech Focus podcast? This isn't just healthcare podcast, right? So uh, yeah. tell us, tell us why are you on my show today? <laughs> um, so the reason behind it is because 90% of the patients of Hashimoto are sadly women. Um, we don't discriminate, but the disease definitely discriminate and it affects mostly women. We don't know why it's like that. Uh, there are some assumptions that it may be correct that people are estrogen, uh, but it is the true. Wow, ninety percent. Yeah, wow. not a lot of men having this. Wow, is that the same for all autoimmune diseases? That it's more proportionately women than men? Good question. To be honest, I don't have a knowledge if that is uh, related to autoimmune disease. I would say probably no, mm -hmm. uh, but that affects definitely Hashimoto. Yeah. Wow. Um, 90%. That's crazy. How many people have Hashimoto's? Is this like super rare, only a handful of people in the world, or is this like a pretty common thing? Great question. So um, personally, I think in five, up to five, 10 years, um, the hypothyroid and in general, thyroid diseases will be so common and awareness will be so high as today about diabetes. Yeah. And the reason behind of it is, let me give you some numbers. Yeah. Um, so there is at that moment, 300 million people globally diagnosed. Um, but doctor alarming that up to uh, the, the, the real number of the patient may be even double or triple, mm. mostly because of the diagnostic process. The, the, the symptoms are so common that I may be mistaken with so many other things. 
And for example, in the US, there is 4.6% of the population having um, disease right now, which is 20 million of people. Wow. Uh, and it's growing constantly. So there's a funny story. Any single year, 1.5 million people globally are diagnosed for this um, thyroid disease. Even like American Thyroid Association, they claim that up to 12% of the population will have sooner or later some kind of thyroid diseases. Did you say 12%? Um, 12% of the population you're estimating will have an issue with their thyroid. Wow. Yeah. If you think like, if you will ask me that question 20 years ago, it was mostly, um, first of all, it was mostly affected, uh, this disease was affecting women over 55, 60 years old, uh -huh. 20 years ago. Now, the average uh, age of the patients is 37 and is constantly um, getting down. Wow. Mostly because of the lifestyle that we have. If you think about it, how much, like, like with this, speed of our lives on a daily basis like how much proceeds and unhealthy food we mm -hmm. eat any single day even if we try to be healthy like i mean sugar is in everything conservander yeah. and everything um and we just like you know proceed for uh, proceed food uh, transfer fats and all of this um it's plenty of it mm, so that's another thing and also i would say maybe even the, if not the bigger is a permanent stress. I experienced that on my own, and I get out of the remission because of the permanent stress that I uh, have been into my uh, previous work. So that's definitely a big factor. Wow. And also, if I think about it, when uh, I was diagnosed, it was just after I moved into the UK when I changed the country. When you know there's a new environment, new people, new job new language everything is new and you are under constant stress and that's yes. when i have been diagnosed oh my gosh it's like a stress induced you know disease is it or is it is it is it genetic like does your mom have it is it you know run in families in it can be genetic uh -huh. it can be one of the reasons why you can get it but uh, it's only one out of probably eight wow. that yeah. uh, that you may get it so in my case uh, my grandma had it, so it's high likely that uh, I have been even born with it. Yeah. But many people are just, just getting it over the time uh, or figure out that they have it. Mm, a lot of women are um, getting diagnosed when they're trying to get pregnant. Really? Mm, Why is because... that? Oh, because they're getting their hormones tested a lot during that time? No, because oh. actually... <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm just guessing. Thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Because you are not able to get pregnant if your uh, TSH hormone is over sentence level. Uh -huh. So if, if the hormone is over 1.5, there's no way you will get a pregnant. Wow. So when we were trying to get the pregnant for a long time of the, for a long period of the time and nothing happened. We're just starting to go to the doctor and figure out what may be wrong and then Thyroid is one of the uh, main main causes that is already checked uh, in that in that cases. Wow. Although um, this is usually the knowledge that you will get from endocrinologists or uh, gynecologists uh, rather than from your GP, sadly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So your general practitioner is probably not looking for it. You have to get all the way to a specialist to finally potentially yeah. have this test. <laughs> yes, and then just 
to you know be on the side of general practitioners and uh, there's two things uh, why that's the situation looks like that first of all they are not a specialist so they don't have the specialist knowledge second of all there is something that if you test your tsh there are um the so-called lapse norm and the lapse norm uh, are for tsh are between 0.5 up to 4.5 depends on the laboratory there are a little bit different but in generally in these cases mm -hmm. now still if your tsh factor is over 1.5 um you will not get pregnant mm -hmm. but your gp looking on the your the, the laboratory norms if you have your tsh let's say free he will say it's all good it's in the norms oh. wow so we call yeah in the thyroid community we call two things we call like labs norm and functional norms functional norms when people are usually feel um really good is less than tsh having tsh less than two uh -huh. rather than you know three or even four wow so and you know just to reiterate you said a 300 million people are diagnosed with Hashimoto's. To put that in context, that's essentially the population of the United States. Um, and 90% are women. So it's like not, if 90% of, um, you know, America was a woman with Hashimoto's. That's insane. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Huge that is so number. insane. And it's growing every single year. Uh, that's why I, I told you on the very beginning, I, I strongly believe in five years. It would be so common yes. as a diabetes today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Oof. That's why we have to prevent. That's why I set up Hashiana. To oh, help yeah. So people, tell us about myself. It, how does your app help with that then? Yeah. So, um, so we create a mobile app to help people, first of all, track their symptoms and the lifestyle. So I think what I mentioned before, diets, productivity, stress, um, sleep. Uh, water intake as well, supplements. We help them, uh, we remind them about the next doctor appointment or ultra scan or taking a pill as well. Mm -hmm. We give them like analytics model when they can track um, and analyze those data over the time. Uh -huh. So let's say um, something I call individual health path because with autoimmune disease, any single woman has a little bit different experience. Mm -hmm. Some of people has all symptoms, some of them have only part symptoms. There's also a different strength of the symptoms. Uh, so it's a little bit individual, let's say. And for, for, those, uh, for those women, uh, if you push two, let's say, graph one over each other, you can see some patterns. I'll give mm. example. If I ate gluten four times last month, and each day after that, I have a brain fog, it may seem that basically I should uh, eliminate gluten from my diet, even if I don't have celiacia. Oh. And in fact, many, many, many autoimmune disease, uh, autoimmune patients, I feel much better if they eliminate gluten. Wow. Holy moly. So you're like tracking all of these daily things. It's a journal. It's like a daily journal of like, how did you feel and what did you do? And then when you look back, you're able to like overlap it and be like, Oh my gosh, look what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And then on top of it, there will be also telemedicine. So you can connect with your care team. And I say care team, not your doctor, because I strongly believe uh, this 
thyroid disorder should be treated holistically. Yes. So we mean here um, your GP, your endocrinologist, your clinical dietitian, and in some cases also a psychologist. Because mm. some, some people, some women basically cannot cope with all of those things that's going on change in their yeah. life and they need some support as well. Yeah. So general practitioner, endocrinologist, dietitian, and potentially a counselor as well. I think everyone should yeah. have all, well, maybe not endocrinologist, but <laughs> everyone <laughs> should have a good dietitian and uh, counselor and doctor. Um, does your app take into account, and also like just in general, does a woman's menstrual cycle affect their symptoms of Hashimoto's? Yeah, um, mostly to, to track to track it because you may feel a little bit different strength of the symptoms over uh, different times uh, in your menstruational cycle. Mm -hmm. So that's important as well. And from our customer development that we did talking with the patient, some of them are noticed that even the, the sleeping problem are related to uh, the menstrual cycle as okay. well. So that's definitely important. Do you think that that may influence a woman then to take a type of birth control that limits her periods? Because if she knows that her symptoms go up that week, maybe that's the right move for her health-wise, right? To be honest, I don't know if there's um, any science about that. I mm didn't -hmm. uh, check it yet. But from my personal um, experience, if someone has already some kind of hormones problem, either, you know, with uh, thyroid or adrenal glands or any hormones, I wouldn't recommend to take uh, birth control on top of it because it's obviously affecting us. Yes, yeah, I really didn't put that together. Yeah. Wow, it really mm. is, a, Hashimoto's really does affect everything from what you eat to your contraceptive that you use. I completely have to change my life six years ago about like, 180 you know degree yeah yeah and that was a very painful process like i was only crying after the gluten but just so many things that changed <laughs> i was a i was a i was a um addiction to smoke so i was a smoker for 10 years even yeah. before i quit yeah um i didn't really eat healthy mm -hmm. sometimes yes sometimes no i did some sport but more like a very very active sport uh which isn't really recommended when you have Hashimoto we really recommend people more to um swap this for yoga or pilates uh -huh. because everything which brings your pulse over 80 basically causes your body uh, to produce more hormones so especially for the very beginning of your journey you shouldn't um over exist and strengthen your body oh in a very gosh. active sport like cardio very popular right now CrossFit. Wow. An autoimmune disease sounds like it could literally affect your identity as a woman because if your identity is that you love Italian food, but then you can't eat carbs, right? Or if your identity is that you are, um, you love soccer and that's where all your friends do, but then it's like, you got to do yoga now. Like, wow. Or like, yeah. you don't, you know, you're on birth control and that's always been your form of contraceptive and now you got to, you know, change it up. Wow, 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 wow. Everything, any single, uh, basically, any single part of your life is going to change when you have it. And it's also a process that you have to grow up to do and adjust mm. your life. It's yeah. not easy, like, especially when, you know, get a diagnosed and even if you, you know, collect all of the knowledge necessary to do it, because in many cases, unfortunately and sadly, you will not get it from your doctor. Mm -hmm. And 
it's just like very painful you know like yeah. you cannot do any of those like all of those changes in the same time Mm-mm. that's why we want also like prepare a special program for our users um this will be a, like a guideline for them step by step uh helping them getting to the remission yeah because it's just you know all at once is too much yeah yeah um is there a way to prevent this like what should uh you know someone without Hashimoto's take into account to hopefully prevent getting this is it is it keeping your stress down and like eating healthy uh, or no to be honest recently someone asked me if it's possible to find a cure for Hashimoto mm-hmm. I don't think so we don't know a lot of about this disease so far mm-hmm. it's only was discovered a little bit over 100 years ago so in like medicine world is yeah. pretty fresh pretty new disease yeah. and because of its complexity i don't think so i think if someone will like create a cure for hashimoto it will also create a cure for all others yeah. um, autoimmune diseases yeah and we probably get a straight away nobel prize you know but i don't <laughs> think it will happen in the next 30 50 years i don't yeah. see that wow well then i'm so glad that there's going to be an app like yours coming out for you know the majority of women and some men that are going to develop Hashimoto's. This is, I have learned so much today. I actually kind of feel like crying. I feel like this is so like intense and that they're, you know, it's essentially when you said that statistics, it's essentially like one in 20 people. Um, and so I am, I'm just really moved. And one in eight. One in eight. eight women. Wow. Wow. Yeah. One in um, eight women. But don't be sad. Don't be, don't sad. be sad. Okay. <laughs> There are ways to be, you know, to just, to just not maybe fix it, but uh, to, to learn how to live with it. Yeah. And I think I'm the best example of it. Um, different journey. And to be honest, like, I think this is now my life mission to help other yes. women having and going out of this hell. Because I think I was very privileged. When I was diagnosed, um, I was working as a contractor having my own company. So I was having both time and money to put this to my education and to all of these private tests I did, uh-huh. just thousands of them, and you know find a way to fix my health. Mm-hmm. And I know there's there's many many women out there who don't have this com- comfortable situation when they, for example, have kids already or have mortgage or have one and another, yeah. and you know they just cannot afford to stop working to focus and fix their health yes. so that's why i want to help them and bring them like kind of you know uh, solution um with this program to help them get out of it and well, this solution will be obviously prepared together with uh, clinicians with a doctor yeah. or some deficiency so it's not only like you know my creativity and my experience <laughs> is the, like strong science it's um, the eva plan it. here's the plan my eva <laughs> Wow. Well, now, now I kind of want to cry because I'm so excited, like, and I'm so happy and I'm so grateful for you and the work you're doing. Being a founder is not easy, which actually leads us to, um, our two questions that we love to ask our guests. The first one is we have a lot of aspiring founders listen to our show and they want to know what area in women's health and wellness still needs innovating. Obviously you're creating one of the first and only Hashimoto's apps, you know? So Obviously, yeah. there still needs innovating. What's an area that you think still needs innovating? Yeah, um, I like everything was going on uh, in in the femtech uh, in terms of the pregnancy. Okay. So here, I think is a lot of 
to do for women who are trying to get pregnant, which may be related to the hormone uh, situation in your body, but not only. Uh, but I also think there is a lot of to do for women who are miscarrying, like for yes. example, like reading reading on uh, on all of these forums that I have been about hypothyroid. I noticed there's a lot of people have the problem with it, and then when I dig a little bit deeper into um, the statistic. It's turned out that between 10 and 20% of all of pregnancy are just, just you know, um, miscarriages. So it's a lot of women who are usually staying without any mental and, you know, doctor's support after yes. the situation when they, you know, miscarriage in the first three months. Mm, there is a lot of uh, things going on right now about uh, menopause. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I love this app that on the market right now. Obviously, I'm not in the target, but doing the research of all of the fintech products, yeah. I, I really support them. And um, I, I love them. Like It's like so crazy for me that nobody so far thought about it. It's affecting <laughs> half of the population. I mean, it's just like, you know, it's just only trends for the last two or three years. Uh-huh. It's just crazy. Yeah. And we should change that. And like, I, I think there's... We have, as a women, so much strength going for different diseases and different situations and menstruation and pregnancy and so on and so on, that we should use those power and bring those sisterhood kind of, you know, connection to help and support each other. Um, and, and that's what I'm really proud that the femtech um, flow is now going on so everywhere. Beautiful. In the US, in London, Hogwarts. Yes, yeah. that and is I'm what Femtech really focus. so proud member. Yes, 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 yes. And that's what Femtech Focus is all about because I was seeing all of this incredible uh, ambition and sisterhood and good work being done and innovation. And, and, and But I felt like yeah. we. it took me a year of researching to really start to hear all the stories. And I was like, people shouldn't have to Google for a year. They should just listen to this podcast, <laughs> you know, like there should be an organization yeah. that kind of just megaphones it. Right. So here we are. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Just use the strength, use the power to, to help each other. And that's remind me still like all of these women with, you know, thyroid disorder when after like eight or 15 years, they sit trying to figure out what's the road wow. to the remission. Yes. Oh, no. Oh my gosh. Uh, but yeah, that's very sad. So uh, hopefully we can change that. Yep. Yep. Um, in the next couple of years. Cool. I really look forward to it. And I am um, really very excited observing what's going on in the industry right now. Well, I'll... And obviously, thank you so much, Brittany, for you for running this Femtech podcast, which is the best of the best example for women that we can change the world together. Oh my gosh, that was a beautiful, beautiful testament. Thank you. That kind of stuff gets me up and out of bed. Seriously. Um, well, I know <laughs> we just... True. You really deserve that, so... <laughs> um, I know we just talked about how we love our industry, but um, our last question is, um, what do you think we need the most right now to be successful? As a woman, as a woman in femtech, as a technologist, as an entrepreneur, I would say corporation uh, corporations corporation Ooh, good answer tell us why yeah um so like even in, in startup industries so on instead of like trying to create uh, more and more apps and more solutions mm-hmm. we start to look around and think how we can cooperate with each other how we can integrate the app that we have already on the market 
and um, build something bigger, maybe in the future. Like for example, when we think about telemedicine right now, uh, to just implement to Hashiona, I'm thinking, I'm just considering if that's a good way to create this from scratch again, or maybe just find a startup who is already successful doing a telemedicine and just integrate with them. Um, because they already have it. So why I should go like, you know, with the same path and so on, yeah. I only need four kind of clinicians and they can help me to do that. Right. And there's, uh, I think many, many others, uh, said that can cooperate together. Mm, we all know that this as, as being a startup is much harder to cooperate with, uh, enterprise. It's not impossible, but it's just harder. So let's start first together and show our, our, our strength. Uh, and I also think that uh, women can support women and also change our own situation. Like, if we think about, like, this is less than 15% in the world, women on the management, uh, yeah. you know, positions. Yeah. And then even less women are getting funded as entrepreneurs, a mm -hmm. startup, mm -hmm. while we're not going to help each other. Yeah. And I see this movement in, you know, in femtech, in also VC as well, this um, diversity, I, I really strongly believe. Because... Science, science and stats showing that basically uh, all the companies that uh, are managed by women or together with women are have much better financial result than um, you know and others companies. So it's, there is it's not just the right thing to do; for. it's the smart thing to do with your money is to give it to women because statistically we do a lot better with it. Yep, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think also maybe it's because we are so multitasking from the nature uh -huh. if you think about like like statistically we we work we also um run the house we, we grow up children this is not ideal situation if we are doing this on our own yeah. that's why we have yeah. a partners and, yeah. and we should have a really partnership um you know um situation and partner partner um uh, ship relationship a relationship in our homes as well but you know in many cases a lot of stuff is on our on our head yeah so we are just strong we are strong we are strong exactly. ladies we are strong yeah, we are so we awesome we just have to uh, you know <laughs> aware about that and embrace it yes eva this has been amazing thank you so much for your time today and your lesson on hashimoto's thank you Brittany. it was a pleasure to be today with you and with your um your listeners and your audience very exciting thank you so much thank you for listening to my interview with eva gallant ceo and founder of hashiona hashimoto's affects one in 1000 people worldwide with women being eight times more likely to get it than men there's currently 14 million people in the U.S. that have Hashimoto's and 90%, not 19, 90% of them are women. Autoimmune disease in general disproportionately affects women and absolutely needs more research and innovation. We're really excited to see when Eva's app goes live, so we're definitely going to let you know, which brings us to follow us on social, so you'll be the first to find out when her app hits the app store. Follow us at Femtech Focus on all the social channels. Subscribe to our newsletter at www.femtechfocus.org and subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness. <laughs>